0: Welcome to ASEAN New Horizons, where law enforcement practitioners and academics get together to share knowledge and ideas to shape the future of crime analysis. Emma, Page. Your you're ready.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm Emma Richards. I'm, a, well, I'm currently a senior intelligence analyst, <clears throat> excuse me, with HMRC. Um, prior to this, I worked at Cleveland Police for 12 years and then after that, moved on to the National Crime Agency. I studied at uni, doing criminology, undergrad and master's um, at Teesside, which we'll just move on from that bit. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just kind of like fell into analysis Um, applied for the job when I was studying my master's.
0: And then, as I say, the rest is history. Here we are. Here we are. And you're really enjoying the new role, aren't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very different to like what I'm used to because I've obviously been a crime analyst for the last... 14 years I'm moving into the strategic realms a bit more um and like thematic analysis so that's a big undertaking to kind of learn the specific um techniques that sit behind that because it is it is like worlds apart from crime analysis and um, it's more structured mm-hmm. um, which I, I don't think is a bad thing though I think crime analysis could probably do with a bit more sat behind it might give it a bit more like credibility in the wider analytical arena I think um yeah yeah so the way, like, stri- oh, go on, sorry. No, no, go on now, carry on. No, I was just going to say, like, the way strategic analysts are kind of, like, viewed in the, because they obviously have the organisation, like, fear, and I appreciate crime analysts have the IP, like, the Intelligence Professional Programme, but I think there's probably, like, crossovers that aren't recognised as much. So I'm sure that's something that, in future, they'll get looked at a bit more as we move forwards.
0: Yeah. So how have you found the transition? I know you mentioned that it's so different. Um, yes. how, have you fa- like, how have you found it is there help in terms of transition because I, I guess I know where you sort of come from in terms of your past career paths um, so how have you found all of this yes
1: yeah, so obviously like moving into HMRC the first thing has been how welcoming everyone's been that's quite a, yeah. a big thing when you're moving away from like policing world Um I don't know if it's just like the types of personalities that are in the two organizations but They've been great. They've got a really structured training programme. I don't necessarily know if you get that with, like, crime analysis. In fact, well, I certainly never did. Um, But training is obviously something we'll probably cover during this um, session. But, yeah, the training is really, really good. It's in-depth. It's structured. They know where they want to get you. And then they welcome feedback along the way as well. So that's a really big thing. And I'm probably just getting my head around the way it all works because the the way it is in terms of the writing analysis and um, the techniques that are used during the analytical process that's not something I don't think you necessarily need to adapt in the uh like the crime analysis world but yeah so far so good everyone's yeah. nice keeping yeah.
0: me going give <laughs> <laughs> you your toes I um, no, it's it's good and obviously yeah it's the transition <laughs> yeah. can sometimes be a bit tough and as long as you're yeah, it sounds like everything's going, going really well and you've got the, su- the support. So analyst role, we've had conversation about this before and we actually um, attended, well, I dragged you along. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, it was actually quite a useful talk between sort of those academics and those within the field about numerous yeah. subjects. And we spoke about the um, digital investigations. Of course, you came from an analyst perspective, which was very helpful. So let's talk about the analyst role, where you are now, where you were, where you think it's going to go. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yes, I think, I mean, for me, analysis is like, my speciality is organised crime, and that's where I've um, built most of my skills. So for me, an analyst is at the heart of any investigation. Whether police officers see it like that is probably a different question and with a wholly different answer and I'm sure I feel like as we move forward in time the more involvement people are getting with analysts and investigations the more respect and admiration I think they have for what we bring to the table but I think the analyst role in a crime world in terms of policing law enforcement is a developing one I don't think it's finished yet I don't think it's an end product I think There's a lot more feedback that needs to be sought from those on the ground and those who were working in the job day in, day out, like simple things from training, the lack of training therein, sorry. Um, Getting the invites into the investigations from the start point, it's an afterthought. It's not a crucial element. Like, for instance, you move on to an investigation, a murder, for instance, you will, in like the SIOs will instantly now know they have to contact a DMI. analyst. in my experience, are not at that point where they will be called instantly. It's usually two or three days in when a big bulk of the work might have already occurred. So yeah. it, I just think it's things like that, which are quick fixes when you think about it, that will change the course of investigations and how analysts are viewed. I think my experience from the police... Versus the NCAs, again, a different one. Um, I think police, I'm not going to say like the behind of the times because that's probably a bit unfair, but in the police, your role and remit will change depending on who you're involved with. So yeah. I was involved with like the Organised Crime Unit. Like, yeah, you're involved in the investigations cat room without you. That's probably like the top and bottom of that. And whereas the National Crime Agency sorry if we move back to police if you're on like a local team you'll just be part of like a, a ticky box sometimes oh yeah, yeah there's an analyst there you know what I mean i heard that before yeah yeah like we're not there to make things look pretty we're there to add value and make the investigation a more in depth and like a give a more holistic view on what's going on mm-hmm. whereas like when I moved to the NCA like I think they get it they get what it's about and because usually the people who were there have worked on larger scale investigations already so yeah you know without you then you're not getting that like big overarching view that I don't think anyways um but I'm biased
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's normal though and like with the NCA um I've heard it before that the NCA sort of regarded as the elite I think we spoke about this before they they are regarded as sort of the elite. um would you would it would it be a force like what yeah, so
1: they're classed as an agency. Um yeah. they are part of like civil service, but they're kind of like branched off. It's weird. But what you have with the NCA is where you don't which you don't have with the police forces, they're international. Yeah. So you have that like your reputation to consider. So the government has to place certain funding in it, um, because they can't get away from that in terms of how that looks like nationally, internationally. Um, so I think you're automatically in advantage in certain elements of that. They've got more tools at their disposal. Yeah. Um, whereas police forces, I think we like we talked about this during that workshop the other day. Like the funding is so like disparate, like disparate amongst them all. Mm-hmm. And there's no like cohesive approach between the different forces. So, yeah, analyst experiences. Whilst I think you'll probably get a, a similar vibe from most analysts across the different forces, their experiences will differ depending on how they're viewed and which unit they're attached to. So I think yeah. that will make, that makes a massive difference to your day-to-day life as an analyst.
0: Yeah. It's just, there's so much to talk about when we talk about analysts and yeah. I do try and cover it um, as well as Jason with LEA podcast. He has different analysts on all the time, um, focused on different areas. And it's just, I sometimes like stand back and think, wow, like look how many challenges there are. In terms of the analyst role and the improvements we need, which we know you said it, you know it's not fair to say the police are quite you know far behind, but Emma, like they are in some aspects, <laughs> um, they're not there yet, and it it does take time. Um, and you brought up something that's really interesting: uh, training analysts, oh. training. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you need a glass of wine with this. Yes. Yeah, I have.
1: Yeah, I have beat this drum for years. Um, <laughs> I mean, my experience at Cleveland, I'm going to just put it out there, was quite a negative one where it comes to training and the lack of training. I don't know if that's because it's a small force and, you know, resources, whatever, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not at that, like, level to know, understand that fully, but it was a, for use of a better phrase, a suck it and see process. <laughs> yeah. Which, when you're in an evidential chain, that is not the answer. Um, You know, as I'm sure you can understand, you we are push into situations where the training is just not provided. So you've just been forced to crack on almost. Um, I'm not saying it's like the worst way to learn because you learn from your mistakes and, you know, those can have benefits as well, but there's definitely when you, knowing what I know now, there's definitely foundation courses that can be put in place yeah, just to give the analysts, I think, if anything, confidence in what they're trying to achieve. Because mm. um, when you work at the police, obviously you're almost like they promote you to be like a master like like where you do like is it like a master of all so you're doing all the different elements of analysis in terms of tactical strategic operational um and then again depending on the forces set up you might specialize you might not you might do them all and so if you're not trained in all elements of that that creates gaps and it quick it quickly becomes evident that you've got gaps because you might have if you have it where an investigation team comes looking for an analyst and then they get one who's not trained in say comms data for instance Mm. and then they do for no fault of their own a job that's not what was needed Mm. then that's it isn't it the reputation of the analyst is
0: yeah
1: and this is and this this is where it's like a it's like a cyclic thing isn't it in that If that's their experience and then they feed it to their colleagues, that's, that obviously looks negative on the analytical unit, but that's not reflective of what goes into them. It's just, if you aren't given the tools to do the analysis, where does the book lie kind of thing, isn't it? It's not the analyst's fault, is it? There's managers and things in place to assist with that and develop skills. And I'm like probably going on a bit here, but like the way we did it, even in-house learning was not a thing. Now that is mad when you think about you will have analysts like myself for instance worked in organized crime for six years the skills I gained during that like they're like unmatched amongst other analysts Yet yeah, I was never positively promoted to do training with other analysts you know and you, you go on about it and you say like let's get some sessions set up and it's there's not enough time or we can't do that and yeah. I know I'm like being it sounds quite negative but you just think that's a A quick win,
0: isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, no, it no it is. You can learn off others, and that's why I do these podcasts and you know I'm part of ACIA because it is like an it's a network. And I don't understand like why they wouldn't want to have I mean when I was interviewing for my PhD research, some of the data that I pulled was regarding training. Um, and they said that there is like a two week course you go on when you first start. Um, and yes. that's where sometimes you can meet other analysts, but it's very rare, like very rare that you actually get to sit in a room with other people. Um, and I I don't know, maybe it's because they're molding you to be whatever they need you to be for that specific force and not the skills. Or maybe the other forces have different priorities and ways they do things and they just don't want to get those lines sort of blur those lines a little bit. I, I, there's so many explanations for it. And I feel, I, I like you, I feel like it's always a negative, like whenever I'm talking about this topic and there's never, there's not really anything. No, good. I think
1: you'll, yeah, I think you'll struggle to get analysts who in the crime analysis arena, you'll struggle to find them who say their training is good yeah, or exceptional because it just doesn't exist. And the two week course you're referring to, it's often right at the beginning of your analysis career, you probably don't understand how it's relevant exactly (laughs) so it's like and the techniques that you are trained i mean mine was a very long time ago so it's probably adapted somewhat since certain but the techniques you're shown are very unique to say tactical analysis and whether that feeds into like operational and strategic as much i I don't think it does now they do do a comms course um a communications like data course and I did mine by the time I'd done it I'd already spent two years doing phone work so the things they were showing me were obsolete to me because I'd done them you know what I mean I'd been to court we'd we'd touched on it all so I don't know I, I don't know if there's a quick fix to this but there's certainly a lot of work that needs to happen to make analysts life better and make them feel like more confident when it is they're trying to achieve on their day-to-day basis.
0: Yeah. And like maybe having specialist roles within an analyst cohort that can take specific um, jobs. I remember talking to one person from a force um, and he said to me, "You know, it's down to the intelligence officer to distribute the jobs to those that have the capacity to be able to do them. And he was like, well, I'm sitting there saying I'm better at this and I can do it quite quickly but you're putting me on a job where I have no experience in which is great I I need the experience but I'm more comfortable there and I I guess you can't choose you can't dictate what you can and can't do if you're you know your boss is saying that I need you on this but I I do sort of see you know the opportunity to have specialized roles within this field to take on certain jobs to make it a little bit easier I guess take away time constraints and stuff of course
1: yeah and I think you've just what you just said there What's relevant is, do you need to know all of it? Like, yeah. this is, this is, I've argued this for a long time. And at Cleveland, we went into like little mini teams. Then we all got dragged back out, then put back in. And because fast priorities change quite quickly within a year, like sometimes they try to realign that a bit too much. So you do lose that expertise, knowledge, and analysis is like any other profession you know there are there should be subject matter experts in it because you cannot sit one day and write a strategic product and without any knowledge or what or any background then the next day go and work on a major incident because you just it's not they're not like they're nowhere near each other in terms of skill set so my personal preference and I'm sure most of the analysts who I've worked with um we all fall under the same thing in that everyone is very happy I think to have their own niche area of analysis and I don't think they see that as a negative because if you love what you do you're going to do really well at it aren't you they don't you know where some people don't like presenting to senior stakeholders such as assistant chief constables Mm -hmm. so I think that could be a strength in the analysis arena in that you are you're pulling out people's like strengths and then using them to their best advantage whether we do that right now I probably don't think we do um because I think we're so keen to make us be able to do everything and sometimes you've got to take that step back don't you
0: I think you do it's just it's sometimes unrealistic in terms of what they're trying to to do with those that they have at uh you know where where they are um within the within the force and it's it's an ongoing problem and I I honestly feel for analysts I mean I'm
1: not shy in coming forwards but I obviously worked in organized crime
0: the organized crime
1: unit for six years I think and then whatever was going on but the the idea was I would come off that and go on to tactical I didn't want to do it so I moved I moved to the NCA and that wasn't the whole reason but it was the the motivation I needed to realise, yeah. you know, I was probably ready for the next step anyways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think some, skilled. yeah, and that's it. And you want to use those skills and you, you don't want to lose them. And, you know, in a world where technology and criminals are moving at a fast pace, you don't want to be stood still. Nice. So, I, yeah, I completely get that. I feel like as I've progressed in my career, though, like the National Crime Agency, they were quite reflective. They were interested yeah. in feedback and HMRC, like are just another ball game. they are so keen to hear on what's going on and I think that's what it's refreshing because I've never had it <laughs> it's
0: and you're lovely. like yeah no good. yeah it's good that you you have that and I guess this is a new time in mean, like a new part in your career where you're going to have to try and navigate that and how you actually take it uh take all of it what they're giving you and use it to to you know to make you the best analyst you you could you could be so I guess my final bit that I want to talk to you about is the um, final area I want to talk to you about is sort of moving on this new career path you have. You know, you you said you have so many skills, you have you have developed as an analyst. Um, but where do you want to be? Where How do you want to improve in this new role?
1: Yes, I think I've always like wanted the I've always wanted to be a senior analyst. And um, I've done that like now and this is where I'm at. And as of like the last year or so, I don't know what it is. I think my confidence has just grown a bit. Like coming out of the police, that was a really good positive move for me. And then I'm kind of thinking I want to get into like teaching a bit. Um, it's coming to the dark side. <laughs> I know, I know. It's uh, It's just been like something that's just like all of a sudden come over me. Um, yeah. I'm like yeah, I think I'm ready to like because I have worked really, really hard to get where I'm at in terms of like my knowledge and my skill base and I think I do have something that I could probably give back now and I don't quite know what that's going to look like whether that's going to start in like teaching internally with HMRC on the analyst program that might be something I explore um but yeah
0: it's definitely something that I'm thinking I'm going to go into oh my god I'm so excited but if anyone's listening that has any opportunities for Emma to do a little trial run please (laughs) oh my
1: goodness no one would want to listen to my no, sit They dulcet tones.
0: it's a skill you're you're explaining this I mean even if you went to an undergrad um lecture uh on intel security or whatever or policing there's the policing course and just discuss this skill set and how and how it's evolved and try and make it um sort of tailored to, to their needs in terms of assessments what they're doing there's so many gaps for this yeah I think yeah, you should uh, go for it
1: <laughs> I definitely agree with oh god oh, I am um, every time I go to car I always get like tried to get poached by all the barristers around going into um can I call it the dark side I probably shouldn't but the defense like defense work around doing like becoming an expert in comms data but I'm not there yet I'm not ready
0: At least been, yeah but it's, it's a it's a choice you have an opportunity and it's there I think I yeah I'd come to your classes and don't worry if no one turned up I'll be there just me and you sat there just so biased
1: oh, we'll just be talking backwards
0: yeah. I, I think it's a great a great goal for this year I mean that's a massive decision that you want to go into teaching I I love teaching it's so rewarding
1: yeah I am um, I put the feelers out to one of my old lecturers the other day he was my um my master's dissertation supervisor and he was like oh yeah definitely come and have coffee and I'm like oh <laughs> yeah so,
0: it'll be good it'll be good we'll see we'll yeah. see so that's where you want to be you want to I think so and... I think I
1: think I've done my do <laughs> you yeah, know like yeah like I think like to get where I've got in terms of like crime analysis and the skills I've like honed in on you know it's been long days long hours and working and I probably haven't had a I've not committed like to my like personal life for the last Five six years and yeah because I I genuinely think to become an ex I know you're not classed as a technical expert in terms of the court system but to be classed as an expert in the operational field the dedication you have to put in I believe is is like quite you know extensive and um I think I've done that and I think I've got myself to a position where yeah I can talk about it with confidence um it's good so
0: whether that yeah. like
1: translates i don't know
0: no yeah yeah yes i think we'll see yeah we'll see, yeah, oh, we'll well, see. I'm gonna be, i'll i be keeping up to date what you're doing <laughs> and i'll be taking you to further lecture even conferences emma oh my god get on conferences
1: oh i don't know about that i think i'd go like bright red before talking yeah, in one no, of those
0: no you won't you, you i'd have to meditate i <laughs> <laughs> can't <myself. laughs> yeah but no I think we can we can talk about this um off off the podcast but I think there's so many opportunities here if anyone's listening reach out to Emma we need her in a lecture theatre to talk about whatever she wants to talk about I think it's good Um, and um it's a good move and I'm it's nice to see that you're happy about the change and I guess there has been positive changes to to your career and it started off with you know you aware of the lack of training or whatever and then you've as Tom, I don't know if you've reflected, but just listening to you throughout time, it's it's changed in a positive way, and yeah, it's good to see you happy about this, and you're still passionate about it, which is great.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. I think I'll always be passionate about this field. It's. Um, I don't see me ever coming out of it either. Like into even like if I moved into teaching, I don't see me coming out of like the analysis well, realms. Yeah. I just yeah, it's there's so much that can be done. So who knows?
0: Who knows? Well, well Emma. I always love talking to you Um, (laughs) and we'll get you back on to talk about teaching but thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, pleasure as always.